Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding, counter spy. Classic radio theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now, step back into a time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. An episode of the CBS Radio Workshop that goes back to this date in 1957, March 10th, 1957, air raid. A rebroadcast of the verse play originally heard on the Columbia Workshop back in 1938, predicting the civilian horrors of World War II and a, uh, well, what we could say is a plug for civil defense. Let's listen to this episode of the CBS Radio Workshop, Air Raid. From Hollywood, the CBS Radio Workshop. Air Raid by Archibald McLeish. CBS Radio presents the CBS Radio Workshop. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. Nineteen years ago, the workshop was honored to produce Air Raid, a new verse play written especially for it by the distinguished American poet Archibald McLeish. In this work, Mr. McLeish foresaw the nature of World War II and prophesied that it would be waged against defenseless civilians. Today, when the concern of every man of goodwill is for the safety and defense of his fellows, Mr. McLeish's play seems even more stirringly true than it did nearly two decades ago. The workshop is once more proud to present William N. Robeson's production of Air Raid, a verse play for radio by Archibald McLeish. When you hear the gong sound, the time will be 10 seconds past 2 a.m. precisely. WCBS, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, you have only one thought tonight, all of you. You who fish the fathoms of the night with poles on rooftops and long loops of wire. Those of you who, driving from some visit, finger the button on the dashboard dial until the metal trembles like a medium in a trance and tells you what is happening in France or China or in Spain or some such country. You have one thought tonight, and only one. Will there be war? Has war come? Is Europe burning from the Tiber to the Somme? You think you hear the sudden double thudding of the drum. You don't, though. Not now. But what your ears will hear within the hour, no one living in this world would try to tell you. We take you there to wait it for yourselves. Stand by. We'll try to take you through. One moment now. We'll try to take you. The ultimatum, you remember, was for sunrise by their clock. Midnight by ours. Now ours is long past midnight. The sun is up on the whole curve of that continent. The weather is fair with wind southwest going southerly. A few clouds at 10,000, cumulus... Mist among the passes of the upper Julian Alps. Some fog on the East Baltic, but lifting. Otherwise, sun. 
the Tyrrhenian Sea, all sunshine. The Adriatic creased with curling light. The Atlantic tumbles forward into morning on those beaches. The whole continent lulls in summer sunlight. Spain is drifting eastward with the shapes of clouds. France is smooth with morning as a turf. Germany is checkered with the squares of green and grain. The visibility is perfect. You think you hear the lonely droning danger of the plains. You don't, though. Not yet. One moment now, we'll take you through. We take you to a town behind the border. One of those old-time hill towns where the papers come tomorrow morning and the wars come years ago or in some other country. Our men are on a roof above the houses of the town. Strange and curious times, these times we live in. You watch from kitchens for the bloody signs. You watch for breaking war above the washing on the lines. In the old days, they watched along the borders. They called their warfare in the old days wars and fought with men. And men who fought were killed. We call it peace and kill the women and the children. Our women die in peace beneath the lintels of their doors. We have learned much. Civilization has gentled us. We have learned to take the dying and the wounds without the wars. Stand by, please. We take you through now. We take you now across the Traveler's Sea, across the Trawler's Coast, the Parson's Orchard, across the Merchant's Villa with the vine above the porch, across the Laborer's City with the flames above the forges, across the Drover's Plain, the Planter's Valley. The poplar trees in alleys are the roads, the linden trees in couples are the doors, the willows are the wandering water flowing. The pines in double lines are where the north wind burns the orchards. Those are the mountains where no meadow is squared, nor a stream straight, nor a road, nor water quiet. The town is in those mountains. You are there. You are 28 miles from the western border. You are up on top of a town in a kind of tenement. You are out the other side the night. The sun dazzles you, not the light bulb. You are staring out to eastward toward the sun. We have seen nothing and heard nothing. Before dawn, we thought we heard them. It was wind we heard in the valley cedars. Sounds rise to this roof. Hoofs of stabled horses, leaves, even the speaking of sleepers rises. Many sleep in the one house here. They work in the fields, sleep in the village. The men go out at dawn, return to evening burning from the chimneys. The women keep the town between. They keep it now. The tenement's full of them, a four-story building of women. They're filling the court with their quick talk. They call back and forth from the windows. They laugh behind the kitchen doors. They rinse the shirts in the first real shine of the morning. They talk, their arms to elbows in the tubs. 
Look at it. Look at the cuff of his shirt. What's he been into? Black grease? What would you think he'd be into? A man like yours with an eye like his for wandering. And you to talk. You with that red-headed lollipop. Oh, hardly a day in dark, but his head's on the window. He's wearing his elbows out on the stone sill, looking us over from one floor to the next. Well. If it's only the eye with him that wanders, I wonder. <laughs> it's war again. Have you heard them talking? How can we help but hear them blabbing about cocking their feet on the kitchen table and talking. It's always war when they talk, and it's always talk. It's always talk when they get to the beer and tobacco. The beer comes out of the bottles. So does the talk, too. Yes, and the wars. Wasting their time on wars with the dishes to do and the children to chase. The wars. As though to make the wars were something wonderful. Harry! Oh, the petticoat. Look at the petticoat, Mom. We had seen nothing and heard nothing. If they left at dawn, we should have heard them. It's two hours now since dawn. They could make it in two. They could make it in under one and a half from their field to the border. Ten minutes more. The town is very quiet and orderly. They are flushing the cobblestones with water. The sidewalks are slippery with sun. It smells of a summer morning anywhere. It smells of seven o'clock in the morning in any town they water dust in. Towns are all the same in summer. A man can remember the name of his own in any city after the water carts. The last shutters are opening. The rooms where no one hopes. The rooms where all the hope's been had. And sleep covers it, folding it. How much longer must I wait? Have they told you? Wait for what, Mother? Wait to be well? Wait to be... Yes. I remember... Someone saying it will come. Don't fear it. Were you never afraid, Mother? Never. Of anything. There's nothing comes by day or night to fear. Not even war? Not even if they came here? They came when I was young once. I remember them. We smelled the smoke one morning in the alders. They had their tents by the stream in the water meadow. I'd never eat the sausages. I was the dainty one. I used to rinse my things in seven waters. Well water, brook water, rain. I dried them on the gravel by the river. Even at night late they would smell of the sun on them. I ate the watercress to make my mouth sweet. They had blue capes on their coats with scarlet linings. They spoke together in another tongue. They were slow and soft in their speech, with laughter and looking. Evenings coming home across the evening, seeing the constellations of the stars. They gave us milk to drink from jars of metal. You sit in the dark and drink. You don't say anything. They seem to want you not to speak or move. They seem to want you quiet like the heifers. You sit in the dark and rest. You don't say anything. You don't say thank you even, not 
Good night. You sit in the dark and rest. You don't say anything. Listen. Motor throbbing. Probably one of their own. No one watching it anyway. There he is. We've got him. One of the home ships. He's combing the hills in circles. Working heavily. Laboring. Leveling now. He's high enough. Spark in the sky when he hangs and the sun angles the fuselage. Gone when the sunlight loses him. Sound coming down out of nowhere. Eddying. Floating down. No one noticing anyway. No one looking or listening. Only that late sleepers waken. Are you there? March 10th, 1957, the CBS Radio Workshop on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox more, the CBS Radio Workshop, Air Raid, March 10th, 1957. Are you still there? I dreamed you had gone. Never go. Say we're happy. Tell me that we're happy. Stay as you are. Do not move. Do not ever move. Stay there. Stay with this sunlight on your shoulders. Tell me we're happy. No, but say we are. How can I know we are unless you tell me? How can a woman know the world is good? Which is the world and which is her? And which is things she's known for sure that never happened? She can't tell. She can't and be a woman. Can a cup full of well water tell you the taste of the well water? Stay with the sunlight on your shoulders. Stay with the sunlight on your hair. We've lost him this time. No, wait. Wait, we've got him. He's doubled. He's doubling back into the sun. They've found something, or feared it. They've found it. Feared and found. There's the siren, the signal. They've picked them up at the border. Ten minutes to wait. Ten, we'd guess if we had to. Strike at a king you must kill. You strike in sleep at a king. When you strike by trick at a people. The treacherous wars must be quick or the victims live for the victory. Thank God that's all fit to deafen a woman. Town quiet. Waiting. Women's skirts in the court. Women's arms in the windows. Women's talk on the stairs. They lean there, careless and talking. Their shawls are bright in the doors. The morning airs in their aprons. They shape their hair with their hands. They stand there softly and simply. The women lean from the stairs. Can't they run the country decent and quiet till eight in the morning even? The rest of the day they can rule as loud as they like and as long as they mind to. They can do what they want with the country from eight on. Only till eight if they'd wait for the difficult sleepers. 
Those that count their heartbeats every hour. A woman's got no time to watch the wars. Scrubbing the kitchens Tuesdays, marrying Mondays, burying and burying men to be born and to bury. People dying never died before. A police sergeant. He's shouting. He's marching down through the street. He's beating the shutters and shouting. He's calling them out. The cellars! Listen. Take to the cellars! Take to the church cellar. <laughs> they only laugh. They lean from the open windows and laugh at him. You take the cellars. <laughs> you can take them, Sergeant. Let the town policemen take the cellars. <laughs> Maybe they'll catch them. The alarm has been given. Five minutes have passed. In five minutes more, they must be here. They're coming in numbers. I do not know how many... The instructions are to occupy the vaults. These are the orders of persons of proper authority. You will march to the church by twos and at suitable intervals. Will we? And who'll be watching the park while we're squatting there, counting the mother spiders? The police? There are frogs in the vault. There are also people's relations, not the kind to gossip, either. And who will iron the underwear now that it's sprinkled? Oh, the police will. Listen to me, policeman. Perhaps it's true they're coming in their planes. Perhaps it isn't true. But if it is, it's not for housewives in this town they're coming. They're after the generals. They're after the cabinet ministers. They're coming to capture the square in the capital city. They always have. They always capture the city. A fine sight we'd be, a parcel of housewives spinning with the spiders in a hole, while soldiers that don't know the hole is there, or we are there, or anything is there, go running through the wonderful great sky. Six minutes gone, four more as we figure it. If they pick them up to the right, we'll sight them over the river, rising or seeming to rise as geese do coming inland. Blur of light on the fins. They're always marching past to capture something. It's all one if they march or they fly. They won't hurt us. It's all one to us if they wing or they walk. They've never troubled us yet. They've never harmed us. They never will. You are a new policeman. Less than ten years you've been in this district. I do not mention this to shame you. Only you do not know the history of this neighborhood. We have seen such people in this place before. They come in uniforms carrying elegant banners. They march up and down. They ruin roads. They interfere with the cattle. They rob the fruit trees. They frighten calving cows. They trample clover. No one would say they were likable people for visitors, making history over the corn and the cabbage, writing glorious pages in the beans, disturbing serious men in haying season. Nevertheless, it is true that few have suffered. Maybe a girl would be rumpled a little. <laughs> not many. I do not say the order was expedient. I say it was issued. I do not account for orders. It is not my duty to account for orders. Nevertheless, it was issued by men of experience, persons of sound sense. It may have been thought the wars have changed with the world, and not for the better. (laughs) It may have been thought this enemy kills women. 
It may have been thought this enemy kills women meaning to kill them. I say it may be thought he makes his wars on women. It may be thought this enemy is not the usual enemy. That this one is no general in a greatcoat conquering countries for the pride and the praise. That this one conquers other things than countries. It may be thought that this one conquers life. That life that won't be conquered can be killed. That women are most lifelike. That he kills them. It may be as I say. It may be thought he makes his wars on women. March 10th, 1957, the CBS Radio Workshop production of Air Raid. Thank you for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The conclusion of Air Raid follows these messages from your favorite radio station. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better. Mike Lindell and MyPillow launching the MyPillow 2.0. Now, when Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. Of course, the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, but now with brand new fabric with a temperature-regulating thread, it's the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with my promo code Wyatt. MyPillow 2.0 is 100% made in the USA, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free offer, use my promo code Wyatt, or call 1-800-928-4715. Now on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, the conclusion of the CBS Radio Workshop production of Air Raid, March 10th, 1957. It may be as I say. It may be thought he makes his wars on women. It is possible. (laughs) It's an ogre is coming. The devil is out. Listen. Anti-aircraft. We can't see it. We hear it. Wait, there's a burst. There's another. They follow each other like footsteps. The steel stamps on the sky. The heel hits. They hang like quills driven in the sky. The quarry invisible. You can hear for yourselves. You will now follow the orders to occupy the vaults of village churches. In any event, to descend from upper floors and scatter in streets, avoiding visible gatherings. They're coming. I hear them. They're nearer. They're nearer. They're nearer. Oh, they'll go over. There's nothing to fear. They'll go over. They always do. They go over. Don't you fear. Don't you fret. Don't you peer in the air. They'll go. They will. You'll forget they were ever by Saturday. Dukes, kings, emperors. Now there's this kind. We hear them. We can't see them. We hear the shearing metal. We hear the tearing air. All we see is sun. Sun, the hawk's ambush. Their flight is from the sun. They might be low, 
They might be well down. Three thousand. They might be less. They are many. Hard to guess how many. We've got them now. We see them. They're out of the dazzle. They're flying fighting formation in column. Squadron following squadron. Ten, fifteen squadrons. Big ones. Not so low as we figured them. Almost over. They're changing formation. They're banking. The whole flight is banking. Front wheeling to flank. Flank anchored and climbing. Climbing back into line. The line swung like a lariat. Encircles is a awkward circle. Hunting. It's hunting us under the roof. They're wheeling round for the town. They're rounding in by the river. They're giving a throttle. They're climbing. The timing is perfect. They're flying with perfect precision of timing. Perfect mechanical certainty. All of us into the street. All of us. They turn like stones on a string. They swing like steel in a groove. They move like tools, not men. You'd say there were no men. You'd say they had no will but the will of motor on metal. Show it our skirts in the street. It won't hurt us. Show it our softness. Show it our weakness. Show it our womanhood. They swing. The The wing dips. There's the signal. The dip. They'll dive. They're ready to dive. They're steady. They're heading down. They're dead on the town. They're nosing. They're easing over. They're over. There they go. There they go. Stay as you are. Do not move. Do not ever move. The CBS Radio Workshop has brought you Air Raid, a verse play for radio by Archibald MacLeish. Frank Goss was heard as the studio announcer and Ben Wright as the remote announcer. Others in the cast included Lorene Tuttle, Virginia Gregg, Shirley Mitchell, Ellen Morgan, Norma Jean Nelson, Anne Whitfield, Betty Noyes, John Daner, Richard Beals, and Shepard Menken. Mr. McLeish's prophecy of 19 years ago is grim reality today. Headlines tell of guided missiles whistling in from enemy submarines hundreds of miles at sea. They tell of Nike installations ringing our target cities in the hope that at least most of the missiles would be stopped before they loose their deadly nuclear destruction. Some will get through. Some planes. Some missiles. Learn what you can do to increase your chances of survival. Contact your civil defense office. Back in those days, the electronic surveillance was not as able to catch incoming as it is today although it is still a problem, so it never hurts to keep an eye on the skies. CBS Radio Workshop, March 10th, 1957, here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now, for most of the run of Blum and Abner, they did not have guest stars on the show. I mean, it was a quarter-hour daily show. So, imagine my surprise when I found occasional guest shots. We've found a show in the past with Bob Hope. And here's an episode of Lum and Abner from March 10th, 1939, where Pine Ridge University issues an honorary degree 
to Jack Benny? And now, let's see what's going on down in Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge University is getting quite a widespread reputation. A number of outstanding people have been selected to receive honorary degrees from the school, and day before yesterday, Jack Benny called to say that he would be in Pine Ridge today to receive his diploma. As we look in on the little community now, we find Abner alone at the Jotham Down store. Lum is just entering. Listen. Come in. Oh, come in, Lum. Come in. Ain't been nobody in here looking for me, has he? No, no. I reckon what's keeping that fella? Supposed to be in here this morning. Who? Oh, a fella from the Kiwanis Club that was coming out here to talk to me. Oh, I thought maybe you're still looking for Jack Benny to show up. Oh, no, no, I give him up long ago. I think that was just a josh somebody's pulling on us. Well, you talked to him on the telephone. He said he'd be here today. Coming to get that diploma in the Pine Ridge University. Yeah, but he called collect. If he's too stingy to pay for a telephone call out here, I know he's too stingy to pay his railroad fare clean from California. Yeah, yeah, well, there's reasoning, all right. Uh, who is this feller, Kiwanis? Are we going to give him a degree, too? His name ain't Kiwanis. He's coming out here to see me about a Kiwanis club. Well, what do you want with a club? It's an organization, Abner. Oh, my goodness. Are you starting something else, Lum? I don't know. He's coming out to talk to me about it. I think it'd be a fine thing, though, for the businessmen of the town here. Well, what's it for? Why, it's an organization. Uh, the businessmen of the town meet once a week and eat together and talk over the different problems of the town. Learns them to all work together for the good of the community. Oh, See, sitting down, eating together, rubbing elbows that way, and getting acquainted, well, we can all work together. Some feller gets an idea that he thinks it'll help the town, he brings it up in the meeting, we discuss it, and if everybody's in favor of it, we all pitch in and put it over. Yeah. If we had anything around here that needed to be dead. Well, there's plenty to be dead when you're looking for it. Yes, sir. Well, here's a circular they sent me telling all they do. Look oh, here. Pretty picture there. Uh, underprivileged children, uh, vocational guidance. That's helping young people to choose a profession that they're best fit for. Ah. Uh. It's a fine thing, too. These fellas give the young folks the benefit of their experience in their particular business. Tell them a lot of things. It's taken them years to find out. Sure, sure. All kinds of boys and girls work, uh, support churches and cooperate in law enforcement and safety measures and all that. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's somebody coming in the door there, Long. Oh, yeah, maybe that's him now. Yeah. <laughs> well, come in, sir. Come right on in. Yeah, how do you do, sir? Uh, hello, is Lum Edwards here? Yes, sir. This is me right here. <laughs> Funny thing, me and Abner were just sitting here talking about you. Uh, I was telling him what fine work you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I Ab just came over. Abner had here to your outfit till I told him about you. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, here, here, sit down, sit down. Take this chair here. Uh, no, I can't stay. I Well, I suppose you know what I came for. Yeah, yeah we got your circular telling us all about it. My circular? Yes, sir. I think it's a fine thing, Mr... <laughs> I granted I didn't quite catch your name. Uh, Benny is the name. Jack Benny. Yeah, that Kiwanis... Jack Benny? Yes, I called you Wednesday and told you I'd be here. 
Bill Morrow told me if I came down here, I'd get an honorary degree from your university. Oh, what's he got to do with it? That's a new one on me, yes, sir. Wait a minute here now. There's something wrong. Now, you ain't the fellow we heard on the radio now, for I'd know his voice anywhere. You ain't him. Now, wait a minute, Abner. Wait just a minute. You understand, uh, Mr., well, whoever you are. See, we've had a lot of folks trying to get these degrees by saying there's somebody that they ain't. So, natural, we can't take no chances. Of course not. Have you got anything on you to prove who you are? Well, I don't know. I, of course, I didn't expect anything like this. Let's uh, hear you tell some funny jokes. Yeah. Well, uh, well, a fella can't just think of one right off. Kind of got me in a spot here. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, did you hear the uh, did you hear the one about the Scotchman who made his daughter get married in the backyard so his chickens could eat the rice? <laughs> hey, that's a Lulu, isn't it? <laughs> Morrow told me that. Well, that's a Lulu. Huh. Mm. Better quit listening to that, Mar. Have you got any other way of trying to? Fr- oh, wait a minute, uh, Abner. Get that fiddle over there. Yeah. Uh, right under the counter. Yeah, I'll there. get it, I'll get it. Of course, now, you might be Jack Benny. We ain't saying you ain't, but, well, we've just got to be careful. Oh, sure, I understand. Uh, say, you have a nice little store here. How much are those gumdrops over there? Oh, uh, ten cents a pound. Three pounds for a quarter. Hmm, rather expensive. Now, how much is that peanut brittle there? Uh, fifteen cents a pound. Fifteen cents. Well, let's go back to the gumdrops and haggle a little. All right, doggies, he's sounding more like himself all right, Mom. Yeah, why don't you try them jawbreakers? Them's just a nickel a dozen. No, thanks. With my teeth, I'll stick to the gumdrops. All right, here's that fiddle, Mom, if you want your it. teeth, too, huh? If you want this, I ain't That's worse than the one about Scotsman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sack the gentleman up some of them gumdrops, Abner. Now, wait a minute. None of this high-pressure stuff. I didn't say I'd take them. Oh. Well, here, now, you say you're Jack Benny. Let's hear you play this fiddle here. Fiddle? <sighs> this looks like a dust storm with strings. <laughs> well, it's been under the counter there for some time. Go ahead, go well, ahead. Well, all right, all right. Well, I went stopped him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, it plays, doesn't it? I can play that good. <laughs> it's the same way you do play it. Well, okay, well, I tune her up a little. All right. <clears throat> I get in and play for a whole down. Jack Benny never played that good in his whole life long. Yeah, I thought that'd catch him. <laughs> Darn that dust. I had no as long as you hear that. That might be Benny at that. Hi, Grannies. Wait a minute, Mr. Benny. I won't apologize. You're you if I ever hear you. <laughs> well, thanks, fellas. <laughs> Proud to meet you. Uh, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Hi, Grannies. I said that's enough. Get the bucket of water along. <laughs> Hey, would you like to hear something else? No. no, business is bad enough around here the way it is now. Quiet, Abner. Excuse him, Mr. Benny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, next time I come down here, I'll bring a bazooka. Bob Burns is the only musician you can appreciate down here anyway. Oh, it sounded fine to me, Shut up, Lum. Don't hag him on none. Yeah. I- I'd be careful about reaching in that cracker barrel, though, Mr. Benny. Oh, I don't think I've eaten enough to hurt me. You know, when I was a kid, I... Ouch! That's what I was trying to tell you. We set a mousetrap in there. <laughs> oh, it didn't hurt. Well. Wait a minute. Don't eat that cheese off of there, Mr. Benny. I'll cut you a slice here. Thanks. Well, we've got everything settled, looks like. We may as well give you the diploma. 
Uh, see, I had a speech I all wrote out I was going to make. Uh, oh, well, don't bother. No. The harp strings of memory strike a tender chord as I come again. I'll get the bucket of water if you don't hash up, Mom. That's too much. Well, uh, whole thing boiled down, was it? I just wanted to tell you, Mr. Benny, that me and Abner is awful proud to have you come all the way down here for this honorary degree. It's Well, thanks very thought, much. By the way, what's this degree for? I mean, what does it make me? Well, we heard about your fight with Fred Allen, so we made you the heavyweight champion of radio. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor of fisticuffs. Well, heavyweight champion. Maybe I'd better have a couple of more of these crackers. I'm a few pounds light. You know, I used to be right smart of a hand as a box fighter myself. <laughs> yeah, I was a champion of, well, champion amongst them that knowed me. Huh. Uh, I know one day I fit a whole logging camp once by myself. And then I, another time, I was supposed to fight the Elks Lodge from Cherry Hill once, but they backed out. See, two or three of the members never showed up, and they didn't want to fight me without their full strength. No, is that so? Well, say, maybe you'll give me a few pointers. Now, not that I need them, of course. Hi, Grannies, get the gloves, Abner. Yeah, get sure, I'll get them. Hurry up. Oh, hey, now, let's take it easy. Not that I can't protect myself, but I think you better move that stove back a little. It might interfere with my haymaker. Uh, here, here, Abner. Uh, help Mr. Benny put the yeah, pair yeah, on sure. there. Just slip your hand up. Yeah, just just okay. slip on. Don't yeah, have to tie yeah, on. Easy does it now. Uh, now, just stand right up here. Now, wait, let's move out from under this lamp. I swing high. Well, I swing low. Sweet chariot. <laughs> let's go. Well, come on. Yeah, come on, get Hit me there, if you can fella. find an opening. Now, wait a minute. Will you please watch your mustache and the clinches? I'm ticklish. Come on, fight if hit you're him, going Mr. to. Banner, hit him, Mr. Hit him. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't hit you with you just standing there. Gee, you gave me a diploma and everything. Oh, that's all right. Don't you worry about that. You ain't going to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Abner, you better pull me off of him if I get to beating him up too yeah, much. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on, Mr. Benny. Hit at me. All right. One for the money, two for the show. You look like Fred Allen, so here I go. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> well, I'll be dead blamed. Gosh, did I do that? Say, I am tough. Hey, run out and get me a wildcat while I'm in the mood. Lom, Lom, get up, Lom. Don't go to sleep there on the floor. You get your clothes all dirty. Hey, Abner, wrap me up some crackers and cheese in that diploma. Let me get out of here before he comes to. Well, he's coming too right now. Well, I'll be seeing you. So long. Uh, so long. Uh, wait a minute, Mr. Benny. Ain't you going to take them boxing gloves off? No, it's kind of chilly outside. I think I'll wear them. Tonight, if I may have a word with our young high school friends, I'd like to clear up a possible misunderstanding. Perhaps when you've heard us say that many people nowadays are what doctors call nervous irritables, you may have thought we met only adults. But young as you are, if you have headaches or indigestion or don't sleep well, you might become a nervous irritable too. And, as so often happens, coffee nerves might be to blame. For while many adults can drink coffee with no harmful results, you young people never should. And so it's our belief that the young person can't find any better mealtime drink than Postum. Because Postum contains no caffeine or stimulant of any kind. What's more, you'll have a hard time finding a mealtime drink that's more delicious. For Postum has a mellow, full-bodied flavor that's both tempting and satisfying. And when made with milk, it's very nourishing. A good way to drink a full quart of milk every day. So don't endanger your schoolwork or sports program with a drink that might affect your nerves. Enjoy Postum. See how you'll benefit when you make your regular drink America's favorite training table drink. Wholesome, full-bodied Postum.
Next Monday evening again at this same time, Postum brings you Lum and Abner. Meanwhile, a happy weekend. Good night. Lou Crosby speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. At that point in time, Lum and Abner were on CBS, which explains how they got Jack Benny on the show, doesn't it? Uh, it, I have to tell you, Postum, by the way, is still out there. Uh, they have a website. Roasted wheat bran, wheat, and molasses are all we need to make a delicious coffee replacement. No preservative, no caffeine, no GMOs. But, you know, because it's wheat bran and wheat, it's not uh, uh, gluten-free. But uh, it sounds interesting. I gotta go find me some postum. We'll, we'll check it out. March tenth, nineteen thirty-nine. Love and Abner here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Uh, hope you will. And all these shows that you're hearing from Love and Abner uh, were provided by our friend Ted at RadioMemories.com. That's RadioMemories.com. Programs available on cassette, CD, or on flash drive for your computer. Check with Ted at radiomemories.com. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. Would you thank this station, support their advertisers? It's their kindness and courtesy that allow us to be with you each and every time we roll around here on your favorite radio station. Now, if you miss a day, you don't have to miss a show. All of our shows are available on demand at classicradio.stream. That's classicradio.stream. Stream our shows. Learn about uh, building a classic radio collection of your own. Uh, you can contact us there, find our social media links, and if you're so inclined, you can buy me a coffee. That buy me a coffee money goes toward us building additional classic radio collections and also keeping our social media links and keeping our distribution channels up and running. That's a classic radio dot stream. Thanks for tuning in. Thank this station. Support their advertisers. Tell your friends the greatest radio shows of all time are right here at this spot on the dial. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite radio station. <laughs>